Episode two. Take it away, Mel. Okay, you've heard of Huntley and Brinkley, McNeil and Lehrer, Simon and Garfunkel, Bob and Ray. Now here's Michigas. And we're at what? The second episode. It's very it's, good. It's still happening. It's all happening. It is. It is totally. <laughs> Isn't that the uh, what the what the um, the groupie character said in uh, Almost Famous? It's all happening. Yeah, I always remember it as Howard Stern would always say somebody thought they were happening, but they weren't really happening. That was like his <laughs> that was like his harshest judgment on someone in the 1980s. Like, oh, oh, that guy thinks he's happening, but he he hasn't been happening in years. Now, what's happening know? with Howard Stern right now? He was uh, in the news. Um, he, the last I saw, he was talking about all the, uh, right wing anti-vaccine radio hosts who uh, have been biting the dust uh, yes, and, yes. and mocking them. The, mm. uh, it's the, they, they're having a terrible year. I think it was the fourth one died the other day, oh, like yeah. four in a couple of weeks, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Catch me up on him, though. I mean, I, you know, I guess I used to listen to him when he was on uh, what, what was it? Planetary, planetary radio or, or uh, ter well, terrestrial. Terrest that's it. Terrestrial uh, he, radio. Yeah. Um, and what happened? Well, he was on that for years and then uh, satellite radio came along and then he he made more money going to satellite, but I guess he has far fewer listeners. Hmm. So, uh, you know, however that works out, I mean, I, I, from what I gather, he's kind of carrying the, uh, the radio company along with him. You mean, I mean X they, XM serious XM? Yeah. I mean, I, I, um, it, they keep signing them to these like ridiculously enormous contracts. So I guess it, it all makes money somehow. But, uh, you know, he, he still seems to be the, uh, the flagship for the whole company. Mm -hmm. So I don't and know. And did he, did he go through some kind of a change of life or something a few years ago? I think he had a book out and he was trying to, you know. Oh, well, he, 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 um, he got divorced. He got married. He said he went into therapy. I, I don't know. It was a whole thing. I mean, now it, 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 he's essentially, a different person than he really? was in the 1980s. Ooh. You know, I mean, his, his thing back then was that he was always making fun of all the celebrities. Now he's become one of the celebrities. Uh. So, you know, the people he used to savage now go on the show and he tells uh -huh. them how great they are. So mm -hmm. anyway, but I do distinctly remember that he had recently written uh, another book, maybe it was a couple of years ago, and he was trying to explain himself to his children. I don't know if he has one or more daughters, but he was he was trying to explain his, you know, his earlier uh, behavior, you know. Right, right. He's kind of like disavowed all the uh all the stuff that he did that was funny years ago. Uh -huh. So, uh, but I, well, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't we'll, heard. We'll, we'll have to figure out a way to tune in. I mean, you know, we don't, I don't have the XM, although I think they gave it to us when we got this car. 
for a while. I don't know what the scoop is with that, but we'll check in on him and see what's going on. But meanwhile, uh, this is uh, episode two for us, and uh, we've been, uh, you know, going back and forth over uh, what topics we might want to cover this time. And what did you decide? I haven't decided much of anything. We were, <laughs> we were, um, we were going to be talking. What did you want to talk about? You uh, reader comments was something yeah. you were interested in. Yeah, yeah. So you know that uh, you know the the Spotify enables the uh, listeners to send us messages, and we encourage people to use that. I think uh, you might have to go to a certain link, uh, and maybe it's on our anchor.fm uh, homepage, which would be anchor.fm slash mishmal. Uh, and that's where you can activate the um, audio messaging feature. But that kind of started us both up uh, talking about, uh, you know, the whole idea of, you know, is there any real merit or uh, uh, value, you know, to, to anyone in all of these uh, commenting systems that we have where everybody can put in their two cents. And, uh, you know, since we both worked on the letters to the editor in Rolling Stone, I don't know if you feel the way I do, but I always felt that the letters were uh, just as interesting, sometimes even more interesting than the articles that they were responding to. Right. Did you feel that way? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But my my caveat about all that is that years ago, when you and I would be opening the mail and reading the letters, people actually had to get like a piece of paper and a pen or a typewriter or whatever. And, they, you know, they would put some thought into it. We would get some thoughtful letters. Uh, we'd also get a lot of crazy stuff. But, um, it, you know, the, the problem with the Internet is like I'm, I'm all for everybody having their say. I mean, I, you know, all for that. But so much of it is just complete nonsense that the um, you remember in the early days of the Internet, they always used to talk about the signal to noise ratio. Yeah. And, and it usually was about the Usenet news groups. Um, people would, would come, you know, people were always trying to police the Usenet news groups and say, Hey, watch the signal to noise ratio. And, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and it was hard. Like if there was a news group on a specific topic, uh, people would start talking about something else. And then at some point somebody would come in and say, Hey, let's, you know, Stay let's get topic. back to, let's yeah, right. Exactly. Let's get back to talking about Springsteen and, you know, not whatever, right. you know, Right. And uh, so, there, you know, there's always going to be a lot of that. But but the signal to noise ratio these days is just like, I don't think you could possibly calculate it. Mm. You know, now, now well, you were you were talking about wanting to organize. Oh, yeah. So I've had a theory going on for a long, long time. I mean, you know, it, it, it originated in those letters to the editor days. And then many years later, when we got the Internet and it was supposed to be, you know, democratizing and everybody could have their say, uh, you know, I, I was all for it. And, you know, I, I, I guess to to, you know, I, I the New York Times once described me as uh, the master of hyperbole, I think. But uh, or no, never at a loss for hyperbole. That was the exact quote. But, um, you know, I feel like the uh, 
the noise is the signal <clears throat> or, you know, the medium is the message or something like that. But anyway, um, I had this idea that in the Internet era, you know, which the interactive era um, that we should be able to somehow organize all of this commentary and all the great stuff that people produce out there, you know, whether it's uh, uh, artwork or songs or poems or rants or, you know, whatever form it might take, uh, we should be able to organize that and then turn it into something intelligible and then reflect it back to the audience in a way that would be kind of, you know, useful, valuable, interesting to them, the same way we did, where we took, you know, a uh, hundred letters and turned them into 12 that we ran in the magazine. And then we edited them, you know, lightly or, you know, for clarity. And then we put them in a certain, you know, uh, order on the page. And, you know, we were really trying to, I guess, I guess it's, you know, what they talk about curation or moderation today. And of course, that's a big topic with, uh, you know, with Facebook and all the uh, Twitter and the rest. Yeah, uh, the, 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 the problem always is how do you scale something like that? You know, I mean, yes. it, it, I mean, even it, have you ever had a, um, a website where you had to deal with a forum? Have you ever had to police anything like that? I think so. But, you know, and probably did you have a, a role doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, when I first started working, uh, with about.com, I had a website that had a, uh, a discussion forum that was part of the website. Right. And the topic was, uh, the topic of the website itself was 19th century history. Yep. So, the you know i would try to get conversations going because you know you you the theory always is if you can create something where the users create the content yeah right so i would i would do all kinds of things to try to spark conversations and yeah. and it never really took off much but huh. the um I, I was thinking about this today and i was trying to remember if there was ever anything in there that ever led to anything and <laughs> And um, I used to get a lot of comments from people who were very upset about the outcome of the Civil War. Yeah. You know, and, and, and not just the outcome of the war, but these guys who were always, um, it wasn't like hate mail. It was this sort of like very, like rehearsed politeness. Huh. And, and they would always say that, that, you know, they had been doing their own research. In oh, fact, yes. when I was... Well, I was taking a walk this morning and I was thinking about this and I thought, you know, it's eerie how much this is close to the anti-vaccine people. Yeah. The neo-Confederates I was dealing with like 10, 12 years ago, yeah. they were always just doing their own research. Yeah. And they just happened so, to realize yeah. that slavery had nothing to do with the Civil War. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> it's a great yeah. phrase, doing your own research. Right. And, and they would, and they would like, post these comments of, about this stuff. And there was a thing that was always going on. These guys would periodically post these comments about how there was a tariff that was the real cause of the civil war. Oh, I see. Yeah. And it was something called the Morrill tariff, which was a, a real law that came into play in 1861. And they had this theory that the tariff was the real reason for the civil war it had nothing mm. to do with slavery. 
So I kept getting these comments about it and I would say, no, that, you know, that's not true, whatever. And finally, after like a year or two of this, I just said, oh, the hell with it. And I wrote an article about the Morel tariff. And I, I looked this morning, the article is still up on the web. The article I wrote all those years ago, right? refuting the idea that the civil war was based on this tariff. And it was this really elaborate, uh, like conspiracy theory yes. about this tariff. And I kept getting these comments from people and it was so strange because I thought there has to be a listserv, there has to be some organization behind this, mm. but they always just claim to be guys who just happen to be doing their own research. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they all, they all landed on this. Right. But, it, well. but having, having to police that forum was interesting because it was, it was always a lot of spam to take out. Yes. And then just a lot of like, you know, people looking for their ancestors type stuff, uh -huh. you know, it's, it's stuff yeah. that was like innocent, but off topic. Right. Right. And then stuff that was just like maliciously off topic, you know? Yes. So, so uh, here's my concept and shoot it down. Okay. Uh, you have, sounds like you have more direct experience with it, but I believe maybe on Reddit or elsewhere on other sites, there is a way to kind of upvote stuff. You know, right, Reddit, right. On Reddit, you can upvote or downvote. Okay, and I'm sure that there are ways to, you know, game that or abuse that or hack that, whatever. But assume for the moment that you've got a community, right, and the people are registered and maybe it has to be, you know, a verified registration, a real person, uh, you know, you got to use your real name. I think what Facebook, uh, somebody required real names after a while, right, because they saw it was such a big problem. Yeah, well, Facebook does, but it's it's obviously not enforced because, okay. I, you know, I see people using fake names yes you know. okay so i mean this is going to take a lot of uh you know willful uh suspension of disbelief but uh assume you've got a community and then we'll go to how to scale it but assume you have a community your let's say your community of your uh, 19th century historian buffs um right. and and you've got i don't know a thousand people or five thousand people i mean at some level it becomes a you know a real problem of scale but before it becomes a problem of scale you've got a way hopefully of uh maybe constantly tending the garden and weeding you know weeding out the uh the bad actors and you've got a community that's interested in the topic and they've got a discussion going and they're upvoting you know certain comments and eventually uh, this the this concept goes. Uh, let's say let's say it runs for a week. This was the original uh, idea I had in about 1997. Let's say we take a topic like uh, you know cause of the Civil War or whatever. So take something less you know controversial like uh, uh, Britney Spears conservatorship you know or whatever whatever topic you want to take. <laughs> you you somehow think that's less controversial okay than the civil war i would hope <laughs> well, so. i don't so, know i would hope so uh, I, not as many people died okay so thus far so um you know you you take a topic and you have a conversation over the course of a week and my concept was that we would it would go through phases like each day it would be a different phase of the conversation 
and you could have like moderators or experts in the topic and they would be discussing it and you'd have kind of like what I think a lot of stuff is today. Like the other day I was watching uh, Kara Swisher interviewing Maggie Haberman for a brand new New York Times offering. I don't know if you saw that. Right. No, I did not. Okay. Thank, so, thank God. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I admire Kara Swisher and she is always, you know, at the front of the line whenever there's a new channel. I like watching. I like listening to her Twitter spaces where she'll have, you know, a bunch of panelists and then, you know, she'll, she'll state her opinion about something and then she'll turn to the panelists and they'll add something and the conversation will go back and forth for a while. And then uh, in this concept that I have, basically you're going to open the discussion up to the to the audience which i think she was trying to she does try to do that at the end of the twitter spaces she opens it up to uh people that are raising their hand and so you know half a dozen folks might get on and express their opinion uh and and so after a while you've got you know, basically this this material, this content, these perspectives, uh, this commentary, as it were. And then you're kind of turning to the community to say, help us filter this. Right. So they're going through it and, you know, they might give thumbs up for Kara's comments or, you know, one of the one of the other experts or maybe most of them. And then that stuff starts to kind of filter up. Right. And then you've got a phase where everybody gets their say and they're, you know, they're commenting like we do on Twitter where, you know, everybody uh, gets their say. And on Twitter, I guess you get, you know, people liking stuff, you get people retweeting stuff. So there is, in a way, a filtering or a democratic, you know, a, a kind of moderation going on by the community itself. And again, this could be gamed, uh, you know, people trying to promote products or people trying to promote a certain uh, perspective. And uh, but, you know, let's say that it's not egregious. And if you see it's egregious, you block the people. I mean, there are tools on Facebook. There are tools on Twitter where you can mute somebody. I mean, if you're having a conversation, you can, you know, block them from being able to put something up there if it's, you know, inappropriate or nasty or, you know, violates whatever terms. So the, the thing goes through this uh, process whereby the the best material and I'm also including in that just not just typed comments or not just something somebody is saying you know in a with a with a voice kind of input but also people are like oh i you know drew this this one thing you constantly see like different memes and you see people drawing uh little profiles goofy goofy head shots of elon musk and other people and you have the super fans that are drawing pictures of their of their, you know, the, the fans, their, their crushes or whatever, the stands, you know, I'm a stand for this and a stand for that. So eventually you've got all this multimedia material that's been flowing in and you've got the community basically surfacing uh, what the community considers to be the best of that stuff. Right. Right. And then, then you've got a, a phase where, you know, the, the editor slash producer or whoever is, you know, running this uh, process says, you know, we're now going to go in and look at the stuff that you upvoted 
and we're going to kind of, uh, you know, shape it or, or we're going to, you know, like equivalent to when you would bring me the folder of the letters to the editor, you had done some pre, uh, sorting or some uh some some moderating on it um and then it comes to me and then of course after i'm done it's got to go to the editor the editor-in-chief whoever so there's a continuous process there and at some point uh I, the idea would be for us to reflect that back. I guess initially we would say, okay, we just spent, you know, two days looking at everything that came in and, you know, we took, you know, you guys were the ones that um, surfaced the best stuff. We looked at what you thought was the best stuff. We also took a glance at what was kind of bubbling underneath that. And so we kind of came up with this and then basically you'd show them, you know, the top, whatever, hundred, uh, best pieces of content trying to uh you know show different perspectives there were people who said you know we love this there were people who said we hated this there were people who said i don't know we haven't considered this and then you're trying to continually kind of produce or shape this in a way that reflects back what the sense is from the community and then you kind of let the community vote on that as it were you know you say this is kind of what it's looking like in our conversation about Britney Spears conservatorship or, or, you know, what was the real cause of the civil war? And of course it would only be a reflection of that particular community. I mean, it's kind of a self-selecting community, right? Who wants to participate in this process? If you don't, and you just want to come in and you just want to call people names, you're out. If you just want to continue to insist you're right and everybody else is wrong, well, you're kind of out because we're trying to, you know, create something here that the entire community could buy into, uh, more or less. So you get to a place where, you know, you've reflected it back, you've gotten feedback on the feedback on the feedback, and then the producers just, you know, take the, take the cream, let's say, of the crop, and then they make a video or they make a uh, five-minute uh, multimedia uh you know show or or uh you know what would you call that like a presentation essentially and it would it would have music it would have graphics right. it would have you know commentary it would have highlights from you know what did the here's what the um expert said here's what the moderator said and then you would publish that and you'd say we spent a week talking about this topic and here is what the community said about it, you know, basically. And the ultimate would be that not only would we have added something on on top of what I like to call adding value above the social layer, but we would have perhaps even come to a kind of a consensus about what the community should do about it. So, you know, you, you can take any example, but one, one would be something like, you know, we're going to write letters to the judge in the conservator case and say that our community, the Mission Mal community or whatever the name of it was, that, you know, we represent 5,000 people and our community would like, you know, uh, to to see Brittany free of this conservatorship or, or, you know, any other step, whatever we would be talking about, whether it was just, uh, you know, writing right. letters, so, showing up somewhere. Go ahead. Run from there. Well, right. What you're describing is close to on Reddit. They have subreddits where they will vote things up and down. What you're what you're uh, 
postulating here would be taking something like a subreddit system and then making some finished product of it. Exactly. Um, what do you think of that? Well, you know, if, if, if you could find a way to, uh, to do it, I mean, you'd have to have the rights to use all the stuff. Yeah. Which, and that would you know, be part so, of, you know, so that, that would, would be, be right. People would have print. to, yeah. right. Right. <laughs> the small print. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. I mean, the user you agreement. Yeah. You I mean, I, I, Go ahead. I, for some, I think the New York times has done well, the New York times has done things like this on the web where they've collected uh, comments and made things out of them. I mean, you know, people have, have done this over time. Um, there's, it, it, oh, you know what's a fun example of this sort of thing? What? Um, my, my favorite TV program is uh, Gardner's World. It's okay, this right. B B BBC show that I, <laughs> I watch on BritBox. And it, it's about gardeners in England, obviously. But yes. they during the pandemic, they couldn't send crews out to film in gardens. So what they did just out of necessity is they asked people to make films in their own gardens and then they gave them through their website an address where you could make a film on your phone and then send it to them. Right. And they, uh, I, I heard this interview on a podcast with Monty Don, who's the legendary host of the program. <laughs> and he said the first day that they started watching these videos that came in, they realized that they were wonderful. It yes. was like this. Yeah. It was like this great thing. So they, um, he, he was saying that it was out of necessity. They, they had to fill time. I mean, the problem on television is you have to have so many minutes. So they thought, well, this is a, you know, a workaround. We can have people send videos. And it turns out the videos were great. So they're still doing it this year. They started last year and this year they've been doing it where That's people fabulous. submit videos. And, uh, it, it's yeah, really just amazing. And, you know, some of them are, are boring. Some of them yes. are sort of like what you would expect. But then, you know, some of them are just really unusual. People yeah. have these. Uh, of course, it helps that they're British gardeners. So some of them are like really eccentric, like the guy will have, you know, every example of some specific type of flower arranged in his back garden wow. or something, you know. And, now, have uh, they ever harnessed this in a way where there's a theme to to the submissions uh not really i mean they they probably could because i i assume they've gotten enough submissions where if they wanted to they could probably do a special of yes. you know certain regions of england or people who have uh you know fruit orchards or yes. people who have you know whatever herbaceous borders or whatever right. you know whatever it would be right. um so yeah but i mean that that's an example where the out of necessity, they uh, just because they couldn't send their own crews far and wide, right. they asked people to send them in, and it turned out to be a great thing. Exactly. Now, what I'm so. saying is, you know, it doesn't have to be necessity because a one-way broadcaster can't come up with material for whatever reason. This is a this is the essential aspect of you know digital and the internet, which is it's interactive. I mean, here we are, episode two. You and I are talking and, you know, we'd love to hear from the audience. And so anyway, uh, I want to go I want to keep going up a level, up a level. So, you, you know, not just send us your interesting videos or your wacky, stupid stunts or uh, I guess, you know, now you've got these uh, 
uh, challenges, right, on TikTok where they see, you know, the milk crate challenge. So everybody uh, does that and they load it up. Well, you know, keep going, keep going up a level. Let's vote on the best ones. And I guess maybe on TikTok when people are liking, you know, we probably know what the best ones are. I don't know if we can, I don't know TikTok well enough to know if we can filter them. So if I want to see the top 10 milk crate challenge videos, where do I go? And if I want to hear interviews with the top 10, you know, milk crate challenge. uh, Well, that uh, was that was always the BuzzFeed's uh, specialty, that sort of thing. What? You know, BuzzFeed always had the lists of like the 10 best um, ice bucket challenge videos or, you know, whatever. Remember the ice bucket challenge? Yes, I do. Um, it, th- there's some, uh, I, I remember watching a speech by Jonah Peretti. He was talking about, uh, Buzzfeed and he, he was likening it to, uh, uh, sitting in a cafe in Paris and you can be reading a book, but the person next to you comes in with a dog and you, you lean over and you pet the dog and you play with the dog and then you go back to reading the book. <laughs> and he said, you know, you, you can be doing something intelligent and still be having fun with, uh, with whatever it is you want to do. Sure. And, uh, and that, that was his vision for, for Buzzfeed. Now, of course, when I, I'm trying to remember, there was probably like around 2014 or something like that. When BuzzFeed was having this explosive growth and it seemed like there was no stopping it. And um, since then, they've had all kinds of ups and downs and have laid people off, I guess, and gone through all sorts of things. So, you know, even that hasn't uh, worked out as, as well as people thought it would. But they still do that, I guess. They still have the list. Like if you're, you know, looking yeah. for the ten best something, you know. Well, that can was... you can you do a little research for me uh, in the coming week, which is, you know, find me what are the best examples of, you know, what we've been talking about here and how far they got. Because I would like to add something on top of all of that, which is I want this to go on live. So have you ever heard of that? Uh, there was a phenomenon a while back called. Uh, trivia hq or hq trivia something like that uh yeah that sounds vaguely familiar but i never so there was i never saw it right you might have enjoyed it i think it's still actually running but uh you know they kind of hit a peak and then there was something happened to the, the producers or you know there were people involved and uh uh, it seemed like it, it, <laughs> it was, it hit, a, it was it an, hit a, an indictment on the way. <laughs> something, you know, actually, I think somebody, you know, passed away. It was kind of unfortunate. Oh, it always it always starts with like a disagreement among the founders or the hosts. And, you know, and then people start jockeying. But anyway, basically one night a week, I forget which night it was at a certain designated time, they started this trivia contest. And I think at the height of it, they actually had over a million, maybe over two million people participating live at the same time. And it was an app. And and, you know, uh, they would run through the trivia questions. It was kind of like, you know, Jeopardy or something. And uh, they had a host and they would try to, you know, make it amusing and entertaining with sort of like, you know, comments, uh, clever comments along the way. And then they'd have, you know, on your app, you could, you know, 
uh, pick what which was the correct answer. And then every time with every question, more and more people were eliminated, I guess, is what it was. Or, you know, you got a score. And then, you know, by the end, whenever they had the final question, there were, you know, maybe um, a, a smaller number of people. Uh, it might have been in the hundreds or, you know, where they would have to split a pot. So you might get three bucks if you were in the last uh, group of folks or if it was, you know, a very uh, small final group, you might get sizable amount of money. Uh, and, and I don't know if anybody like got jackpots for themselves only, or if they, you know, ultimately they were splitting everything, but it was a great thing because, uh, I think in the, maybe in our previous discussions, maybe even in the, in the first episode, we talk about how we miss, you know, these, um, kind of, uh, group, group moments or, you know, it's like a community, uh, uh, experience, whether it's, you know, a presidential debate or it's a Super Bowl or. Oh, the, the Ed Sullivan show. Yeah, that's the great example. Right. So, so, you know, uh, part of what's unfortunate about all this digital stuff and, you know, we're all off in our own little niches and silos and uh, echo chambers and whatnot, and we're not having a similar experience or something. And I always thought, you know, even though it was just a trivia contest and I guess uh, jeopardy to some extent, you know, is, is part of this because it's very popular and people tune in and it's like a, it's a communal experience. So uh, adding on top of everything we've said, I would love for this to be a kind of a communal experience where we actually go through the conversation. And of course we can't all talk at once. I mean, on Twitter, we're all talking at once, uh, quote unquote, talking at once. But uh, we don't get to see uh, what everybody else is saying necessarily. And we don't get to see the best of what any everybody else has been saying. And we don't get to see what the whoever the original poster was uh, get to show us the best of what people have been saying. So it's kind of a whole filtering, moderation, community uh, uh, project and, you know, where you do run into the trouble is if it gets over, you know, a certain manageable, I mean, Wikipedia has editors, right? So, um, you know, I, that's millions of people involved in, in contributing to that thing. And then editors go in and they challenge stuff and eventually it's. Well, yeah, curated. even even Reddit has um, Reddit has moderators for the subreddit. So, though, what they consider moderation, you know, is pretty loose depending on what, what the subreddit is. Are you then, in any of the reddits? No, nah, I haven't, I haven't paid attention. Any. you know what I, uh, what I use Reddit for is if, um, if I have some technical problem to fix a computer or something yeah. like that, sometimes that's the, the easiest way to find an answer to something. Yes. Because someone else has already asked the question. Yeah. And, uh, and, and do they surface that? Like if in the subreddit, the, the topic is, uh, what? Well, it, it, well, there's a search function. So whatever yeah. it is, like, like the fingerprint reader stop working on your computer or something right. like that, you know, yeah. um, you so could let's go say you in search fingerprint reader stopped working and they give you results. Is it, is it presented in order of most upvotes or, you know, this was the best answer. Cause I think maybe Quora uh, does that. Yeah, I guess so. You would, it would, I mean, it, depending on what you're searching for, uh, things will come up and it will show you what subreddit it's in. 
And then some of them will tell you, well, okay, that's, you know, a good place to look. But I mean, it's, it's just a good, I, I use Reddit not to read every day. I mean, I haven't paid much attention to Reddit in years, but um, it, if you're searching for something or you're curious about something, sometimes you can just find, uh, you know, some pop culture thing or something you're curious about. You can mm -hmm. look there and, you know, find things out quickly. Right. So it's, um, a, kind it, of a, it's a, it's a vast amount of material. It's right. just the wild west, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, but so it's basically, you know, what you're saying is you could use it as a search engine, like an alternative to Google or something, or maybe, maybe the Reddit answers come up in Google. So if you type, type in uh, fingerprint stopped uh, working on my computer, the Google results might have some, a Reddit. Thread. Yeah. You know, I, I honestly don't remember if Google, Google at one point was crawling Reddit. I don't yeah. know if they still do. They probably do, but it's probably far down in the search results. Okay. Because um, it's of the reliability or because it's not vetted. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so, but once you get, so in other words, okay, it's a wild west, uh, search, uh, feature function, um, search engine. Uh, but you know, again, what do they build on top of that? And do they, create... well, they don't, I, you know, it's, it's, they don't build anything, but I don't right. know that the audience wants them to, I mean, right. it's sort of, you know, that's the, I mean, Reddit has, millions of users so they're happy with it the way it is well i don't know who is it steve Jobs says they don't know what they want until you give it to them or something like that oh he said a lot of stuff yeah um uh you know i mean i, I don't it, it it it's one of those things where it it serves the purpose that it's there to serve i you know they're not <laughs> expecting it to be no one is expecting a subreddit to spit out a magazine or a multimedia Why? experience. I do. Uh, I expect well, then the, you I, can. Well, then I expect you... the internet to do this because it ain't working. I mean, yes, you can find the thing about the fingerprint uh, on the computer. You know, you can get answers, but. Uh, why should it not be that uh, they make more of it so that uh, that that's a very specific thing to look at? But I mean, even if you turned it into, uh, we ask people about what their biggest problem is with their computer, and you know, here's what they said, and then you go through, and you know, you you get to see. Well, these are the top ten things they said, and then you know, when we drilled down, we said, well, where do you go for help on this? And here are the places they said, and you know, you just keep you just keep adding. Uh, you can either look at it as drilling down or adding on top of and you know basically you're creating hopefully i'm not saying you turn it into a uh, ken burns you know multi-hour documentary series but you know you can turn it into a video you can turn it into uh some kind of a uh, a piece of content that shows off all the uh you know, the contributions, again, this is not about, you know, uh, Ken Burns or any other authority figure saying, you know, this is, this is what we think. It's like, this is what you said, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But now you have me wanting to see the Ken Burns version of Reddit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that first, first, we, first we have to, you know, get that, get, uh, ask uh, uh, Paul McCartney if we could borrow his beetle wing again. You know, I mean, well, yeah because um, well, I don't know I did see you know one of the Google searches that I saw was uh, you know is Ken Burns hair real 
And, <laughs> you know, people say, you know, it's got to be a wig. It's probably, you know, one that he bought during his, his time as a Beatles fan. And then there's other people going, absolutely not. It's definitely his hair. So, um, you know, that could be something that we could run as a week long discussion. And we could have experts come in about, you know, hair, you know, hair replacement. And uh, how does a man who's how old is he by now? 60, 70? How old? Is uh, I guess he's in his 70s. He's got right. to be. So how, does, how does he have what is essentially, you know, when they asked Ringo in a hard day's night, you know, what do you call that hair haircut? And he said, I call it Arthur. So how, how does he how does he actually how does Ken Burns actually have what appears to be a 60s era Beetle wig? That's just one of the mysteries of uh, of, of his art. <laughs> OK, well, you can't, I can't believe this. We actually uh, spent an entire 40 minutes on this conversation. Is there anything you'd like to and, say? And we to- and we we brought it to the. Uh, the high point of uh, debating Ken Burns and his hairstyle. Well, I think it needs to be, you know, it has to be made relevant at the end. I mean, I, well, spoke- yeah, I mean, when I, when I got up this morning, I didn't yeah. know that's where things were headed. It wasn't but, on yeah. your bingo card as they no, said. No, no, no. You never Just know. Like what's it was happen. on nobody's bingo card, by the way, that Dan Quayle was the one who saved America by telling Vice President Pence that he couldn't possibly overturn the uh, Electoral College. Did you read about that today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's completely bizarre. Who right. who knew that Dan Quayle was going to uh, come out save of the woodwork? America. He was going to save America. Thank you, Dan Quayle. And that's all we the time we have. So I guess we'll see you in another couple weeks. Uh, any okay. Th- parting uh, uh, thoughts here, uh, Mal? Uh, no, no. Can't right. think of anything. Uh... Well, send us some uh, co- some comments. Send us some ideas for future uh, episodes. Otherwise, Mal is going to have to talk about the next uh, Dylan box set. So, you know, if you're looking forward to that, let us hear from you as well. All right. Take care, Mal. Okay. Good Bye-bye. night. Bye-bye.